I don't think people appreciate enough how terrifying it was in our childhood to come across a dog with rabies. This was a big deal. This was something that we were taught in school, how to identify a dog with rabies, how to walk away from a dog with rabies, like like how they teach you to curl up in a ball when you come across a grizzly. That's mm-hmm. what it was like with rabies when you, we were You curled kids. up in a ball? I curled up in a ball and let it lather its foam all over my body. <laughs> Music. Welcome to New World Pictures Podcast. We are going to watch every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me as always is Mark. It's not often that I can say I watched a movie, but I don't know that I watched anything at all. (laughs) And Erica. Ryan, what are you sprinkling in my oatmeal, you silly goose? (laughs) (laughs) Just need you to quit drinking, Erica. (laughs) Just need you to quit drinking. Shh, you're not supposed to tell her. You're not supposed to tell her. <laughs> that's right. Don't ruin it. Uh, that's right. We are in the midst of December. That is where we are going to celebrate the holidays by watching all the horror movies released by New World Pictures and also this one. <laughs> it had murder in the title. I thought there would be more murders. I mean, to be fair, the title tells you that somebody's going to be learning how to murder. Yeah. And in a way, they did. Murdering time. <laughs> We're talking about 1988's Apprentice to Murder. He was an innocent, touched by the gift. I believe I can teach you more than reading and writing. Entranced by the power. Do you think he would have given such an order without also giving the power? And seduced by temptation until his mission becomes the possession Satan himself is waiting there to tear me apart that will bring them face to face with the very evil that seeks to destroy them all he is with us to murder the rules of heaven apprentice to murder a true supernatural thriller i mean you know it's satan the whole time it's not like there's a supernatural element (laughs) that's right 1988's apprentice to murder brought to you by mama kelly's flapjacks (laughs) 
Nothing helps you get up and get ready for a grueling day at the tannery like Mama Kelly's flapjacks. Need to fill your belly after a night of being overserved? Mama Kelly's got you. Trying to get your dad to stop all that drinking with a weird herb or some sort of powder, medicated powder? Who knows? Put it in Mama Kelly's flapjacks, now in two flavors, plain and dry. Grab some today. I think he was just putting some instant coffee in there. That's all he needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Wake him up. Just some Sanka to get him going. Yeah. yeah. Get it moving. That that Pennsylvania Dutch 1920s Sanka, whatever they used back then. <laughs> <laughs> this is directed by Ralph L. Thomas. He's a Canadian director whose two previous films, Ticket to Heaven and The Terry Fox Story, both won the Genie Award for Best Picture mm. and two and two back-to-back Genie Awards. We know that as this the Canadian Academy Awards. This has been a year Academy of Awards. Genies, right? But really, yeah. I mean, we're becoming a Canadian podcast. We just <laughs> we are not Canadians, nor have we spent tons of time in Canada. But I mean, basically, I don't we're know. Apprentices to Canada. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're learning to be Canadian. I hope by the end of this podcast, hopefully we will have passports. Canada's going to teach us more than just reading and writing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, By the way, Ticket to Heaven was uh, about deprogramming somebody who was in a religious cult. So I feel like he was, uh, I understand the choice. I understand the choice. (laughs) Got a type. (laughs) Co-written, I should say, by Alan Scott, who had previously written Daryl and also... Don't Look Now, the 1973 Nicholas Rogue movie, the which co-starred Donald Sutherland. Hmm. He was also a producer on Tenebrae, Dario Gento's Tenebrae. So, hmm. no, I mean, he was, but I don't know how that came about. Um, speaking of Donald Sutherland, this stars Donald Sutherland, who was having an interesting 1980s. Of course, uh, the guy who starred in MASH and so many other movies throughout the 60s and 70s. Um Clute and everything else, and then gets into the 80s after Ordinary People. He does some very odd films. I feel like he's finding his way through the 1980s, trying to figure it out. Uh, prior to this, he was in um, a 1981 comedy, Canadian comedy called Gas. He is in a, he's in right before this, The Rosary Murders, The Trouble with Spies, a spy spoof comedy with him and Ned Beatty. The Wolf at the Door, where he wears a similar coat. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of trying to figure it out. And then I think once he got to like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then he's doing JFK and Backdraft, he kind of like then he does like a string of hits into the 90s. But the 80s, I feel like he's he's kind of like finding his way and and somehow found his way into this movie. He was trying to get into get some of those uh, genie dollars. That's what he was looking to That's get. That's right. He was hoping to get one of those genie awards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this also stars Chad Lowe. Yeah. An early breakout role for Chad Lowe, um, Rob Lowe's younger brother, who is coming off of a TV movie called There Must Be a Pony, starring <laughs> Robert Wagner and a little night music's Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. Does she sing in it? <laughs> Let's hope not. Time. There must be a pony. That's why it takes time. <laughs> it's kind of went in its own new direction there. I think I like your version better. Yeah, much better. Much, much better. Um, the, here's where you can watch Apprentice to Murder if you want to watch this movie and you haven't seen it yet. It is on Tubi. Tubi, Tubi. You, 
Ah, <laughs> oh, they need to pay you for that jingle already. Um, they, it is all, there's also a arrow Blu-ray that came out in 2018. And that is how Eric and I saw it. Mark, where did you watch this? On prime. And I, I actually bought this on prime <laughs> because Lord You're knows like, I'm going to rewatch this every year. This has now become a holiday tradition. We watch Dad, a Christmas can we story. Not? No, pre- we will. We will watch to murder. This. <laughs> you will learn how to murder. <laughs> well, will you learn how to murder or will you learn how to just be uh, there? Uh, accidentally when gets there murdered? at the time of a murder. That doesn't that title doesn't mm-hmm. ring as true. Mm-hmm. But as far as apprenticeships go, it does teach you how to murder someone. And that's important. It's a life skill. Yeah. It ends up being a part, it's a late part of the curriculum. It's a late entry. The curriculum's well, it's a the lot final. more. <laughs> <laughs> and it is 90% of your grade. <laughs> and five years of your life in prison. Hey-o. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> let's talk about what this is. <laughs> since we're already spoiling it left and right, let's talk about what this movie is about. Mark, what is uh, Apprentice to Murder about? It's barely about anything, but if I <laughs> summarize what it's about, oh, boy. it is simple. Choose your roommates wisely. Mm. That's it. Just oh, oh when, okay. Wow. When the doctor who just got released from the funny farm wants to rent a room in your house. Sure. Mm, have him fill out the whole application. Don't just take right. his word for it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Well, he had money. He had 50 bucks just sitting in his desk. Yeah. So he apparently was loaded. Uh, Erica, what is this movie about? I agree with Mark. It was pretty light on plot. (laughs) However, (laughs) what I learned is that if you're a cute guy, people will help you with literally everything. (laughs) It's true. Can't figure out your life? Not a problem, cutie. Got you covered. (laughs) Want to come into my house? Don't bother with the door. Come on through my window. No big deal. You guys can get away with murder. Oh, in a small town. <laughs> These are all true. However, I thought this movie was about um, that a beautiful, intelligent girlfriend who truly cares for you is no replacement for a guy who just might be able to perform magic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might be true. He might be able to do this. The dark mm. arts Sorry. have an allure. <laughs> it has an allure. Has or an the allure. white arts, as this is called often white magic. This huh. particular, the powwow arts, the powwow arts. Um, is it an art? Is that an art? I don't know. I don't know. That's what they call them. The arts. Okay. All right. I guess in, right. that is a field of study and you must practice it. And I, I, I guess so. I guess. I guess. This is the Letterbox synopsis. We're on Letterbox. Give us a follow there if you can. Pennsylvania, 1928. Billy Kelly, a 16-year-old boy. Already wrong. It said 1927 right on the bottom. <laughs> Damn it, Letterbox. <laughs> it is 1928. I did, might say 27. I think the incident it happens in 28, which is why they get this mixed up. But uh, Billy Kelly, a 16-year-old boy, meets a mysterious traveler. Nope. He lives in town. Claiming he's the messenger of God. He runs a room. I mean, he's yeah. not traveling. He's a local. <laughs> falling under, under, uh, unders twice. Falling under, <laughs> under the spell of this. Deep under. 
<laughs> were you were you deep underground? No, I was under underground. Oh shit, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I was wait. under under some blankets asleep. <laughs> oh damn. There's no waking you up then. Nope. I thought they were just trying to go for an airplane joke there. <laughs> <laughs> he was over under and I was underdone, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> trying oh, to fun. Yeah. They were just trying to have some fun with this because, mm. you know, it's a it's apprentice to murder. And uh the spell of this quote unquote doctor, Reese. He will soon discover Reese has murderous plans for his future. Not really. No. Based on a true story. That is true. No, inspired by a true story. Just inspired. watch a damn movie, Letterboxd. <laughs> inspired by a true story I'm is I'm going to get a job right. at Letterboxd and start and just edit some of these that I don't agree with. I'm going to edit some <laughs> of these synopses and I'm going to quit. Once I have them fixed, then I'm done. I'm resigning. That's all I'm going to do. Go in there and fix purely the uh, synopses for New World Pictures films. <laughs> and then, and then be like, I thank you very much, but I can't work here anymore. <laughs> so this one might call that forever. a copywriting apprenticeship, right? <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're going to murder it. some synopses and then you're going to get out. It is inspired by a true story, as the movie points out. And it is based on an actual powwow doctor. And this is something I didn't know about until this movie, Mark. Did you know about powwowing? No, I didn't. I I didn't know was, anything about that, it. And I, so I luckily got the liner notes here. We got a little essay uh, in the Apprentice to Murder uh, Blu-ray. There is a note from uh, Paul Carupe of um, Canexploitation. Uh, in Pow Wow, a hex master doesn't directly cure ailments, for, but more accurately, acts as an intermediary who invokes God to perform the required healing. Aside from rituals to ensure health, powwow also encompasses other practices such as displaying Dutch hex signs, geometric artwork usually hung on barns as protective good luck charms, and apparently super fucking easy to draw if you Whoa. are Chad Lowe. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I could do that in my damn sleep is what he almost says when he's <laughs> asked to draw them. Yeah. Under under those. <laughs> And uh, other superstitious beliefs, such as keeping a broom by the front door to deter unwanted visitors or greasing fire farm equipment to ward off weevils and other pests. Although condemned by some fundamentalist Christians as witchcraft and therefore satanic, defenders point out that powwow is only used to affect positive change. And the point of this <laughs> story is... <laughs> it's powwow magic, Mark. Trying to tell people about powwow magic. <laughs> okay. You need to know the point. Oh, Damn. Well, that's what I'm going to do when I get the job at Letterboxd. I'm going to go in there and invoke positive change to some of that's their right. lousy reviews. And people are like, she's kind of practicing witchcraft with these synopses that she's writing. And I'll be like, positive change, you negative Nance. <laughs> Is that part of it? Is that one of the... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, hey, coworker, you got a bit of a cut. Let me take this... The stick. I'm just gonna touch your. <laughs> take, gonna, take my pencil, pencil, and just dip <laughs> it on your cut. Dip there. it on your cut. Get away from you. Get away. And the paint is gone. And the paint is wiped away. And then I'm gonna snap the pencil in many parts and throw it away. Grind it up and put it in your lunch. Pow wow! You're here. <laughs> Pow wow! Pow wow! That's what he needed. It needed a flourish to yeah, really be something. It did. It needed a flourish. It did. I liked. I sort of liked the subtle way that he used the. Uh, uh, well, it wasn't just twigs, they were switches, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was like switch sure. one, switch two, switch three. 
And the fact that Chad Lowe's character, uh, Billy Kelly, doesn't pause and go, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? He's such a nice guy. He doesn't ask that question of almost anybody or anything, which any normal person would. He's a simpleton. But I have to think that that's like, you just, because it's set in the 20s, you're like, well, that's how it was then. I think he was just a gorgeous idiot. Yeah? He was just a gorgeous idiot. And he had no questions. He Mm -hmm. was just like, okay, stick help my face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The one thing this movie does really well in the beginning is it sets everything up really fast, which is no indication for how the rest of the movie will go, but... It does set things up quickly. So we we immediately set up that Chad Lowe, that's in the past. Chad Lowe's out hunting. He runs across mm-hmm. his creepy neighbor. His neighbor creeps him out. He runs off. Then he runs and kind of creeps in on him and checks him out. And he's like taking the rabbit, I think, that he shot and taking the fur off of it in his living room, which I'm like, there's better places for that. It happens. Don't you think? It happens. Sometimes. You, you know, know you they just... don't. They, they, they didn't have a garage. Also, he's trespassing on someone else's land. True. So you should expect the neighbor to be kind of pissed about this. Sure, of course. Yeah. Uh, Especially the neighbor that has boards for windows. (laughs) He's probably not a very chill guy. Probably not super chill. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably not cool about it. Probably all the reason, though, that we thought, like, he won't see me because he doesn't have actual windows. He's just boarded Well, he was like, I'm not putting up curtains. I'm putting up boards. So don't look in. It's a cold. It winter doesn't really matter if he sees him or not because the gunshot is going to give away the fact that you're on his land and mm. he just shot a rabbit. So yeah, uh, that's, that's true. It's hard. That's a hard one to get past. Just something like if you're going to go hunt on somebody else's land, and I'm by no means a hunter, but I would just say if you get caught, probably grab the rabbit too and run. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for not? sure. You might as well. For sure, you might as well. You were there. You were there. You did it. You killed it. Just grab it. Mm-hmm. So they set that up. He immediately goes home. His dad shows up drunk, hits him in the face. He's bleeding. He goes to work. He works at this tannery. He's just making leather. Uh, a rabid dog comes around. That introduces Donald Sutherland, who uses his his book, his mis- his little book with him, which is uh, part of the powwow Bible, which mm. is called A Long Lost Friend. That's the name of the book uh, that that he carries around with him. They don't really mention this in the movie or talk much about the this stuff, so it's all right. left to you fi- to figure out later. I just thought it was like the uh, cliff notes of the Bible that he was carrying around with right. him. Just right, right, yeah. All the important I thought it was parts. like a t- small, yeah, right. I thought it was like a screenplay. <laughs> and then like he was always trying to just like shop it around to everybody. Like, oh, Granny's sick? Have you read my manuscript? <laughs> Here, here, here. Billy's here with me. He's going to read one part. I'm going to read the other. We're going to lift Granny's legs. Do you want to buy my movies? Right. (laughs) I'm going to talk these evil spirits out of you. And once I do, can I mark you down as an investor in this movie I have about the Black Plague? Yeah. Are you in? It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's it's a real real romp. All right, uh, so we meet all those people. Also, we meet Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah is in this, not in the the biggest role, but she was on quite a run at that time. Yeah, she for had sure. been in Legend. That was her for her debut mm-hmm. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She shoots this movie and immediately goes into an ABC miniseries called Queenie, where she co-starred as Kirk Douglas's mistress. 
So uh, doing very well. Then from there, I was like, what else did she do? Tons of other thrillers. Like did she? Fills to fill the most of the 80s with these like 80s, early 90s with these kind of weird thrillers. Ooh. And I was like, are any of them New World? But no, they're not. Damn it. It's a bummer. The late 80s and early 90s were full of thrillers. Thrillers were a big deal. Big deal, especially into the 90s. And the sexier like, the thriller, the better. Right, correct. That was all over the shelves at any video store. It was like, th- it was sexy thriller time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet a lot. We get a lot in this very beginning of, yeah. I mean, that's the 90s. Not not a sexy oh. version of Michael Jackson's thriller. He means no. actually thriller sexy time. thrillers. Yeah, just when you went to the video store, you're like, it's sexy thriller time. All right. Let's get a sexy thriller. <laughs> Ooh, this one has Madonna <laughs> <laughs> and candles apparently this should be interesting <laughs> this has one of the baldwins in it <laughs> oh nice <laughs> right right nice. that's definitely a sexy one <laughs> it was the sexiest baldwin billy just so everybody knows where i stand <laughs> wow it's the sexiest one guys you think so yeah now i gotta look mm-hmm. well Wait, which one's billy they have a movie that he did the hot one <laughs> we were just talking about it. What? Stephen Baldwin? No, no. Stephen Baldwin is in. Uh, wasn't he the one that's in Biodome? Yeah. Oh, you're right. He is. And then there's like the older, older one. You're just looking at pictures. <laughs> this is not helping. This is the Baldwin's. That's the sexy one. That one doing the lips. No. That one. Stephen. That's exactly what Mark was just saying. Which one's Billy? That one. Yeah. Billy's not the sexiest. What? Billy? Okay. Which one was in the was the one where he was like the security guard in the uh, apartment building and he put cameras everywhere? He was spying on everybody. I feel like in every photo he's trying to look like Alec. They all are trying to look like Alec. That one guy's (laughs) sliver is the movie he did with Sharon Stone. I think it's Steven. He's got the Uh, lip thing down. You missed Biodome by a mile. (laughs) I love Biodome. I was into Biodome. Oh, oh man. No. Oh, maybe, oh, and Flatliners, maybe too. Maybe this is why I don't know he's the sexy one, because I walked out of the Flintstones, and... so I don't know. Viva Rock Vegas. What about Zebra Lounge? Is that a sexy one from the 90s? No, 2000. Oh, Backdraft, too. He's also in Backdraft, of course. That's like his biggest, the biggest movie he was in. No, he's on Born on the Fourth of July. That's a big one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's more of a Tom Cruise one, but yeah. He was also in Slapshot, so... <laughs> We're really going through his career. <laughs> Should we get back to Apprentice to Murder? No. Or this is more I interesting. Dare you. This is more interesting. <laughs> no, we should not. <laughs> See, look at him here. See, look at this little sexy shot with him and Sharon Stone. Well, look at this sexy. little cutie that's patootie. That's sexy because it's Sharon Stone. Billy, he was the cutie. He was the cutie patootie. The more, you say, the more you talk about it, the less sexy he's getting. <laughs> he's, he's a cutie patootie. He's a little cutie patootie. You just really want to take that guy and hug him. And give him oh a little hug. Steven, you want to go have a beer with, and then he's going to tell you do too many. Do the lip thing. And then he's you're going gonna to do be the like, lip oh. thing. And he's going to tell you a bunch of stuff. And you're like, ah, I'm already sick of you. And he's going to be like, I was in Biodome. Alec is impossible. You'll never be able to get a word in. No. And probably the coolest one is the oldest brother. Whatever his name we can't even is. remember. What's Carl. That? Carl Baldwin. Carl is now how I will refer to him for life. (laughs) The oldest brother, Carl Baldwin. The other thing this movie sets up right at the beginning is that 
Are we still talking about Apprentice to Murder? <laughs> we are. Everything oh. in this town is really hard. Yes. This is dif- difficult. It, it, difficult. In fact... It was Daniel. It, it is. Daniel right. Carl. It, D- Carl is the funniest one, though. Are we still talking about the Baldwins? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Yes. We're definitely talking about this movie. Nope, we're definitely a In fact, murder. the first 15 minutes of this movie, I thought... This should have been this should have been saved for June Gloom Part D. Because this <laughs> oh, is a, this is a real downer. It is. It's, it's, it is tough. Life is tough. Life what? is tough in this town. Everyone's got it hard. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about like the great when they talk about the greatest generation, I'm like, did we skip over a generation because this this woman is drying clothes by just running them through that crank? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, man. like like it. Life is so rough. Like a uh, disease goes through your animals. Like you are done. Like your whole industry's over. Like they were grasping sick, at straws for anything. If you get sick, you're fucked. You're screwed. Yeah, it's amazing people survived. It is. It, I mean, that's I guess what having. That's why you had lots of kids at that time, um, because you also didn't know which would live. But we established pretty quickly that Billy has a really yeah, a really uh, difficult relationship with his father, who's an alcoholic. They sure. establish that really quickly. You know, the mom is trying to, I don't know, play the intermediary between the father and the son and trying to keep peace in the sort home. Sort of. And you're you're immediately looking at Billy's home life and thinking, I, man, that, that's got to be rough. But it made me, it made me immediately reflect which father-son relationship would I want to be in? The father and son relationship between Tom, the alcoholic dad, and Billy, the son who's trying to find his way in life, or the relationship between Marcel and Albert in Night Zoo? (laughs) (laughs) Still talking about Night Zoo. We're (laughs) still talking about Night Zoo. Well, yeah, because, because you got a father... Who is towards the end of his life and hoping his son will just finally fucking get it together, even though he's right. clearly middle aged. Right. And clearly not going to get it together is clearly in too deep. At least with Billy, you have a dad who has a, 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 a obviously a really bad addiction, but it can be somewhat sequestered. And Billy is, by all accounts, a pretty earnest kid that just wants to do the right thing. So even as miserable as their, their relationship is, I think I'd prefer that relationship over Marcel and Albert. Yeah. By the way, the dad played by Eddie Jones, who played Chief O'Brien and Chud. So oh, right, right. So yeah, if you're mm. wondering, right. you've seen that face before, and apparently, really, has got a quite a sweet right hook because the blood that gushes out mm. of Chad Lowe's face, I was like, huh. I really, I really like, got did him. He have a, did he have a ring on? Or did he have a ring? That's what I thought. Right. He had Seriously, yeah, had to have. His face because it didn't, it looked like a real sloppy drunk punch, but it really <laughs> did the business on him. But all right, uh, he does get to know Donald Sutherland, gets to know him pretty well, does an incredible drawing of his face, and yeah. that's when he gets that medicine to put in uh, Mama Kelly's flapjacks mm-hmm. for his dad to uh, stop drinking, which is successful, apparently, makes him sick every it's time he like, drinks. Yeah, it'll make him sick. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. They don't really specify what it is, but I don't know. Some sort of 
beta blocker of the 1920s? I have no idea. Yeah, I yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, if you did know, would it change anything? No, I but I was so. hoping you would know, Mark. I was expecting you to maybe well, crunch the numbers I can't, on I have your to mysterious have least, powder. I have to have at least some input. The movie gave nothing. Just said, put this in his food. <laughs> that was it. I mean, yeah, that can be anything. Could be rat poison for all I know. <laughs> they ate it too. That's what's funny about it. Uh, we also then he meets Don Sutherland and they become start to become friends. He starts going around with him, learning about uh, his trade, even though Donald Sutherland goes to jail for a bit. For a minute, he gets mm-hmm. he gets uh, picked up by the cops that that. But that didn't make Billy go. Huh. Well, uh, yes, but Don, Donald Sutherland's character has started very quickly to create this web of lies, basically that portray him in a much different way than how he actually is. Right. Right. If this movie had been constructed or written slightly better, that would be a really compelling story. But by the time you really kind of get all the things that he's been doing that are all lies that are propping him up as this healer, spiritualist, honest person where the town, there's a devil and the town is trying to get him. It does it. it they ex, well, they explain it in that one scene after the funeral where he explains like the whole thing that's been going on in the town that he's basically saying, oh, by the way, I've been behind all of this, but he's not saying that. But the fact that you had to explain all of that shows how poorly constructed this movie is, because you should have seen all those parts and been able to start to put together those pieces before you got to that right. conversation. Before we, he just don't. told us, he just tells us, basically. Before he basically just tells us, oh, all these people died. First the cows died, then this person died, and it wasn't suicide. And you're like, oh, I get it. You've been doing all this stuff. Got it. But it would have been nice to know that in the first two hours of the movie instead of saving that for the last hour and a half of the movie. Yeah. Donald Sutherland killed all those animals? Like the livestock? I think that's what he's... Yes, that he did all of that to set it all up. Like when? When did he kill the... How did he kill the animals? I don't know. Well, that's what all these people, all these things start dying all around and it, it doesn't it seems like way too circumstantial is what i'm saying and then he explains that all this happened and it was it was that neighbor that he thinks is the devil which makes me think that he was behind it all mark wanted this to be a giallo and <laughs> when it wasn't and it became sort of like spiritual and like maybe like you know uh some sort of sickness that was going through the farm animals and killing them all some mysterious sickness mark's like no no, it's Donald. <laughs> Donald's up to it. Where? What? Well, why did they cut the scene where his gloved hand was killing some of these chickens on the side of the road? <laughs> why didn't we My see theory his, could be his wrong. rope tying it around that dirty ass jacket? <laughs> For sure, <laughs> dirty ass jacket. Dirty ass jacket. Man, with no jacket. belt hoops, he's just wrapping another he's, piece of leather oh, around twine. his waist. He wraps it around like he's like he's wearing a fucking expensive fur he's like he's dressed like he should be working in the tannery (laughs) (laughs) well no because he's wearing a shirt and billy shirts are optional you don't wear you really need one it's too hot in there it's hot it's hot in there it's hot in there 
tan and hides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> it didn't look like easy work. No. I wasn't <laughs> watching it going like, maybe I need a career change. Not yeah. And it, yeah. And it, I don't know. I don't know that I thought that the animal thing was him. I don't think it was Yeah, him. I didn't think that was him either. But I, it's an interesting theory. That's why I think, you know, again, if this had been a giallo, let's see if there's other places where this could have been a giallo. Maybe well, I don't... there could have been more murders. And then that would have definitely made him more more well, of a giallo. A mysterious the movie murder. Doesn't, the movie doesn't do anything to prove my theory wrong. So... It could, my theory, your theory is probably right, but I, but my theory is plausible because the movie sure, doesn't, sure. doesn't do anything to give you any other reason. It's why soft all, on detail. So things, therefore all detail. these, <laughs> for example, Billy starts crashing at Alice's place all the time while yeah. his dad is fine. And his mom and dad right. are never like, Hey bro, where have you been? He tells his dad, I'm going to move to Philly. And he's like, well, let me give you some money. I was like, yeah. oh shit. But the dad has already conceded like that the money is going to come from his son anyway. Because what does the dad even do? The son's the one who's yeah, got a I job. Don't know. Mom's just has, cooking and doing the laundry. He does something because they had to get up and help a neighbor or something in the morning. That's right. when he first poisons his pancakes. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, but he's the one who goes into the factory and does maybe like. Maybe like a local DJ. He seems like a fun guy. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's just like, you know, spitting those hits. <laughs> he's the thing is, he's not buying he's not getting drunk because he's going out to drink. As a DJ, people buy you shots all the time. Yeah. I sure. mean, what, and what yeah, are you gonna sure. do? Say no? Right. So yeah, that's I mean, right. They're it's like, rude. You're drunk again, Dad. It was a wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't I'm not supposed to dance with the bride. (laughs) It was a release party for a new Orb album. Come on. Orb has been around for so long. (laughs) People were into it even back then. Even back then. then. It was great puffy smokestacks back then. <laughs> right. It was a little it was a little more chill, a little bit more horns. The string quartet. <laughs> um, I have a note, Chad buries a cat. That happened in this movie. Yeah, he <laughs> There's does. a cat. He cat a dies cat. all of a sudden. Cat dies. A he cat we didn't know with a character we just barely meet in the in the middle of the movie, but it becomes important. And they're like best friends, and he's known about this cat since it was a kitten. But yeah, I guess we are so. only introduced at at the end at, of the cat's at life. At the end of the cat's life, yeah. <laughs> right. And I, it's this little blob of something. So when he brings him up, he was like, "Look, he died," and I was like, "What is that?" And then it also mentions it's that? a cat. And also, who are you exactly? <laughs> Sorry, local snitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we learned, local uh, snitch. The town, the local, yeah. snitch, the town snitch. Um Donald though exercises the farm. Uh he gets sick and then he travels yeah. with Chatamia to Philly cuz mm-hmm. when you really want to he got to build got to keep ruse. this guy, got to keep this guy under yeah. his thumb so he's got to like, "Oh, let me go with you." That had to be he, I mean He cuts his imagine own fucking forehead open. Right. I mean, you don't think this guy's not gonna not gonna kill a couple a couple well, cows? Well, cut his own forehead open. When? 
Yeah, he got. Well, here's the thing. God, he, this guy is fucking good at magic. I was fooled. <laughs> oh shit! I'm Billy. I'm fucking Billy. Oh fuck. Well, but I. Th- I'm Billy in the story. I thought I might be Mia, but I'm not. He I'm falls. Billy. He I'm falls down and thrashes around. And remember, he tries to exercise the farm, and he fl- flies out that window. Mm-hmm. And he's crashing around in there by mm-hmm. himself. So God knows what it, what's happening. If that's just him, or if he's encountering an evil spirit. But there's also those scenes where he kind of like is falls down on the floor or he like his body shaking. Like, I think he's also suffers from epilepsy. Yes. That yeah, was my yeah, thought. Yeah. So it's not something yeah, to discuss. Too. Again, soft with the with the, the details. Uh, the things happen, but they don't particularly tell you, which in, I, I kind of like in a way. But like it makes Mark's, you know, theory about the farm animals, as he said, you know, um, can't prove wrong. You can you can't right. prove them wrong. Can't prove you wrong. You can prove almost anything right, but you can't prove anything wrong. Um, So, yeah, I think that that was another element of that, too. So he's like really building up the sympathy and he has to go back, bring Donald back home to get better. He writes a note to his parents that he's moving, by the way. I was like, is that cool that he did that? Also, he like does some spelling errors. So like how good is Donald as a teacher? Yeah. Some really shittily written note. Mm -hmm. It's like, oops. He, he has to be yet. taught to read, not how to spell. <laughs> like to, to be fair, yeah, right? Okay. Well, but that's, if, he, if he can, if he can, that's read. next semester, Ryan. Right, first right. semester's reading. That's next right. semester is spelling, and he's just like a gorgeous ding dong, so he doesn't even have to read or write or spell or whatever. yeah. He's he's an artist. He keeps drawing all the time. Yeah. He's spending all his time drawing, putting his feet up on the wall and reading the Bible, mm. making those walls just. Filthy with oh, his dirty, oh. dirty tannery, tannery feet. feet. <laughs> Just I gross. That too. I was like, "Where's the spillo?" Oh. <laughs> oh god! He has them up on the wall, but I mean, oh, oh those dirty tannery, tannery feet. feet. Oh, so gross. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Um, and then in the end, it's just kind of like he, his Donald was just really was he. It, it's more clear in the actual incident that, that they base this movie on. But the movie is like he's killing off his competition, correct? Like another powwowist. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, so. That's it. Because yeah. the guy has that's that it. same little Bible. He has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he the does. Same, the same little guide, the powwow guide. Mm-hmm. But that's I never didn't made put that clear together until now. Erica was the one who kind of said that at the end of when we watched it. You're like, he's just killing off his competition, right? It's a small town, so there's only so much room for. There's uh, sure how many. Your revenue stream is cut in half, and there's half That's of right. what fifty people. That's yeah. not going to work. <laughs> not not a ton of folks. No. no. Oh my gosh! Well, you know what? Take a little sprinkle of this, put it in your drinks, and talk to me about things you <laughs> loved and things you heard. <laughs> oh, let's talk about the things we love and the things we hated about. Uh, apprentice to murder mark what is something you loved i i guess i love donald sutherland uh yeah. because he he yeah. makes just about anything good i, I totally mean, agree you named a bunch of his classic movies invasion of the body snatchers i would have thrown in there too the sure. remake i just didn't think i think it's awesome you, i don't think you knew that one right well one the 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 first remake the 70s remake let's say right 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 but i mean he was great in that he was great in beer fest he was great in pride and prejudice <laughs> right <laughs> Yes, beer fest. Uh, he was normally uttered second after Invasion of the Body Snatchers, as you just did. Of course, of course, he was even good in those in those Hunger Game movies. Um, oh yeah, he was good in those. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. no one's How perfect. upsetting for that. How upsetting is that for you guys? I've never seen The Godfathers, but I've seen all the Hunger Games. Yeah. And oh, read yeah. the books. God. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I mean, he was he was good. He was good in Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, but that movie oh, sucked. Yeah, he is good in that. But, oh, but no, he was that good in that movie theater scene. So good, dude. So true. True to these it is, times. It is. But then when Dustin, is it Dustin Hoffman that suddenly can like professionally command a helicopter? That that's yeah. where that's where I, I was like, it. wait, what? I love it that that's your moment of that's where you you like I'm signing off. No, no, thank you, film. But don't you like to think? I mean, I'd like to think that if the stakes were high, I could probably fly a helicopter. No, not just fly. He flies it like he's been trained in the military. But right, but movie. if the stakes are high enough, don't you feel like you could just suddenly like? I'll suddenly figure. I'll figure it out. I will powwow it and just. <laughs> fly that helicopter it will come from somewhere up on high and suddenly <laughs> is morse code part of it <laughs> apparently so <laughs> apparently so i've seen enough movies we'll be fine Whee! <laughs> we mark he was about to mention space cowboys but he didn't quite get there but sure i didn't get I there that <laughs> was <laughs> my drift that's what i loved good at, good at everything um, yeah, he's he's great. I mean, I, I I agree. I totally agree with that, actually. Uh, Erica, what is something you loved? Besides really? Chad Lowe, apparently. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves Chad Lowe, right? Sure. <laughs> it's crazy. Sure. Don't get crazy. I really like Because Rob's the bad boy. Yeah. But Chad's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Chad, give me your Chad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Rob's like the one you want to make out with. But Chad, like, you know. We'll hang out with Chad, though, because he's cute. He's I'll, cute. T- I'll try to take care of him, that little dumb dumb. Yeah. He's harmless. I... But Rob's the one you want to make a video with. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I haven't forgotten. I'm sorry, Rob Lowe. I think you're wow. great, but I have not forgotten. Wow. I'm not forgotten. That is from the deep cut of Rob Lowe's history. That is a deep cut. Yeah. That's a deep probably Young's probably don't even know about that. Maybe, maybe not. It was man. Clearly some it was, of us have for, forgiven. It was remember. on Entertainment Tonight uh on a nightly basis. And we watched that show because our mom was obsessed with it. So we watched that show all the time. <laughs> Thing was all over. Mm-hmm. A good oh, thing my. for us to just gather the family around the old TV and watch entertainment <laughs> tonight. I talk about Rob sex tape. Couldn't tell you much about the geopolitics of the time, but I can tell you. Rob made a sex tape. What's going on in the world? Shut up! Rob Lowe's on. Gotta learn about Rob Lowe here. So things you loved, Erica. I liked the Lifetime movie vibes that this movie offered. Yes. It had serious life. Yes. Yeah. felt yes. like a Lifetime movie. What's and funny is that I was listening to the director's co- the commentary that's on there. It's not the director's commentary. It's it's uh, it's just like a, a, a writer who comes on and talks about it. And he mentions a couple times. He's like, I feel like this is a, like a movie. I'm not 100%, but it feels like a movie made for European television. He's like, but I guess it did come out in theaters in the U.S. Because, but he keeps mentioning that, yeah. and he keeps feeling like mm-hmm. he's like, but but there is a nude scene. So he's like, ah. yeah, you get to see Mia's little Sarah's. Oh God, does not. Oh no, no wang uh, wang though. No, no wang wang. Yeah, disappointing, <laughs> disappointing. Uh, everybody's got to give a little bit. Come on, Chad. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Let's make this fair. Let's make it equitable. <laughs> Mia busted out her Mia busted out her little Sarah's. You gotta get out your wang wang. 
<laughs> Let's get low with that camera, everybody. Get low, low. You know? Low, low. Under, 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 yeah. under, 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 under. We want to see your under, under. We want to see. We want to see your under, under, your low, low. <laughs> Remember, guys, this right. is a PG thirteen movie. So we my have tame? to use code words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um yeah so you're, i'm sorry you're saying so it has lifetime movie vibes mm-hmm. the guy was only like supporting your point is what i'm saying mm-hmm. oh great well finally somebody has my back <laughs> hey right i was just saying you didn't listen to it but if you had this guy really thought the same way it did have some lifetime movie vibes for mm-hmm. sure i love that like i mean i think what this movie does well it does very well like the cinematography is great it looks terrific mm-hmm. Um, as Mark was saying, you feel the like the how hard it is, how difficult mm-hmm. life is. That's really portrayed mostly throughout through you know the cinematography, right? They, I mean, sometimes it's through the dialogue or the things happening, but largely you're just seeing the life that they're living at the time, and it just looks very tough, but beautiful, well shot. I thought the relationship between um, Donald Sutherland and Chad Lowe I thought was very good. The way he kind of ropes him in and kind of gets him interested mm-hmm. in that life and he's starting to teach him things and he's charming to him and you know also tricking sure. him but like is he tricking him is he doing this or that all those things are always left as a question so your his motives are always up in the air which i think is really good mm-hmm. the good thing is they're never actually explained right right we you never don't really know know what his motive is mm-hmm. which is also contributes a little bit to the movie being boring because you don't mm-hmm. know what it what right. it is but i like right. that in the end they never clarified like this is what he was up to the whole time this is why he did what he did by all accounts he's just crazy and right. that's he all was you can chalk hallucinating it up to. but apparently mm-hmm. like that was sort of like hallucinations are contagious because chad started having them too so i'm like what does that mean? Like, so there were some interesting things that you had to like think about, which I do appreciate that part too. I wish they'd sprinkled in a few more things happening in the middle, just, just to kind of spice like, things a, up. Like anything, <laughs> anything, <laughs> you know, but what they did well, they did very well. Uh, I think Mia Sarah is actually for the size of her part. She's very good in this. She doesn't have a huge part, unfortunately, but she's really good in it. Yeah. The most like, really supporting believable. cast, really, really good. It's just, mm-hmm. It's like almost there, you know. They have uh, yeah. they have almost everything there. Um, so, uh, in that spirit, let's switch to things we hated. Mark, um, I'm going to go back to Donald Sutherland on this one. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, I, I, it's <clears throat> it's not him as an actor. It's that we spend okay. This movie is an hour thirty three minutes, something like that. Sure. Listeners, I I swear it feels like there's another hour in this movie. And the reason why mm-hmm. is probably and I'm I'm trying not to embellish, but 20 minutes of this movie is Donald Donald Sutherland writhing and freaking out in some mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And it's done so often that you're like can we move the story along? I, mm-hmm. you have epilepsy, you're hallucinating. I got it. But we, they return to that well constantly. And mm-hmm. it's like, 
I I got I got it. Let's mm-hmm. move. Let's move. Let's move on from that yeah. and try to get into something more interesting. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, bro, you have epilepsy. Just like, isn't there a stick for that? He broke all those switches and he threw them out the window after he cured Chad's cheek. He should have held on to a couple of those to bite onto, but yeah. he didn't. Isn't there a potion for that that you could just sprinkle in no your No doubt. Oatmeal? I mean, know. Yeah. Cure yeah, yourself. That's, have a that's flapjack, fair. dude, and relax. Yeah. yeah. And then every time he starts to like have epilepsy, he just will throw up. And that will cure it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Duh. It's so oh, easy. Oh, my goodness. Shit, I should have been a doctor. Oh, my <laughs> Clearly God. I, have. I cannot Clearly I have. wait to wake up my daughter and explain that to her. It's really <laughs> going to give her a whole new outlook on life. <laughs> Actually, just wake her up, though, by tapping sticks on her face and be like, you're better. You're be like, I'm curing you of epilepsy right now. I'm doing it. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Erica, what is something you hated? I just could have used a little bit more of the devil. Or Satan, yeah. As some people yeah. refer to him. Beelzebub, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Really Lucifer, particular. I just felt Lucifer. like we should have sprinkled that in more into the. If we're gonna use into thriller, the pancake batter that is this film. Yeah, sure. if we're gonna just, if we're gonna use thriller. If we're gonna toss around words like thriller <laughs> and horror, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna need some more devil. Yeah, with that. Yeah. So I just felt like it was a little light on action. Mm-hmm. And it was a little light on the supernatural. Because we were kind of waiting for the murder to actually show up. Yeah. We were like, I mean, when's I just this felt murder like, happening? Right. I felt like, of course, people are dying in this town. It's filthy. And it's 1927. Right. So, yeah. Right. You know? People and when you're like, oh, our little daughter's sick. I guess we should get that guy who, who puts sticks into your cuts to cure them. Yeah. Let's get that dude. But it also just felt like maybe people couldn't afford doctors. A doctor, right, exactly. So if he was coming in there for free, then Right. You know, you kinda guess I guess you could you take what you could get, you know. Well, and if if he fucks up, you take him straight to the sheriff. So <laughs> yeah. get that guy arrested. So I kind of used a little breezy. bit more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you help cure? If not, if you don't cure, I'm gonna report you to the police. Well. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, um, I'm of the same mind. I, I, I just, it got, it needed a little bit. It needed something else. Mm-hmm. It needed something yeah. else. Really? Like this is, I think I, I did. I just, I liked it more than you Mark. And, but I, I was like, this could have been great because the performances yes. are, are really good. This could have been great. It just doesn't have enough happening. And as we'll get into in the research, it's mismarketed and it's supposed to be like a horror film. It's not a horror film. No. Uh, no. It has like occasional moments of touches of where, you know, where they're kind of taking from horror films a bit, but that's not enough to put it in the ballpark right. of a horror film. Right. And I think that that's also how this was kind of marketed. Mm-hmm. So that attributed, I think, a lot then to their bad reviews. Um, some of the bad reviews, there were some good reviews, but there's a lot of bad reviews who were kind of like, what, what? Cause they're thinking this is going to be a big horror movie. Well, it's not a horror movie. No. Let's talk about our favorite scene. Mark, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene is a scene that I think ended up on the cutting room floor and it follows <laughs> what happened. Oh. What happened to Billy and Alice. So, we see at the end there's some some text that explains that they got married after mm-hmm. Billy got out of prison, and so they get married. They move to New York, and yep. they have a daughter named Ethel. Okay, and she 
uh, ends up meeting a, a man named Stephen, Stephen Winger, uh, and they have a son named Spencer who plays the titular role of Spencer Winger in the 1984 short-lived comedic series Spencer, starring Chad Lowe. That's right. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. Good old Spencer. Six great episodes. Six great episodes. <laughs> and then he goes from that and is in that movie that I was just talking about with Mr. Spencer for hire himself, Robert Wagner. Yeah. 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 They, they did bits about that, apparently. Because mm-hmm. he was in Spencer and Robert, Wag- Robert Wagner was in Spencer for hire. See, that's I your mean, favorite it, scene. That's your favorite, my favorite scene. Oh, so you really. It's like a montage. I really love this end, movie. At the end, you really it, love this you movie. You get six fantastic episodes of Spencer. <laughs> you know what I love about this movie? Shit that didn't happen in this movie. <laughs> Erica, what was your favorite scene? Probably the scene on the train where they're traveling on the train because I felt like I could really relate to Chad Lowe's character at that time because Dr. Reese slash Donald Sutherland is going through the motions. He's kind of, you know, talking to himself. He's like in and out of a trance state. Trying to sweat it out in that train, little Trying to sweat train. it out. He's doing like a sweat lodge of Thing. sorts yeah, felt like. in this train car. And little Chad Lowe, little Billy's just sleeping through it. Mm-hmm. Just with his head, uh, with his head in Neon's lap. And she's just cradling his head. And I'm like, yeah, I probably would have slept all that through. Slept through <laughs> that too. No matter how concerned <laughs> I was yeah. for the doctor, the motion of that train and just the consistent like, I would have been sound out. I'd have been like, wake me, wake me in Pittsburgh because we may have gone too far. They're going to Philadelphia. (laughs) Wake me in Pittsburgh because I want to get extra sleep. Well, no, wouldn't Pittsburgh be on the way if they're going, they're going north to Philadelphia, right? Well, yeah, well, they're in York. So the county of York in the southern part. So I guess, yeah, you're probably right. I, They're in the under under part. They're the under under part of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. But I love that scene because I was like, yep, that would have been me too. Just sound asleep on that train car. Just all snuggled with some hay. And yeah, just wake me up when we get there, guys. Well, or don't. Or let or me sleep through it. I was just a little sleepy it. apprentice. Yeah. Sleepy guy. I need some rest. Yeah. I'm I'm so I got to rest up for this murder that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. My, all my apprenticery. Uh, my favorite scene was the scene where they go see Mama Isabel. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they put him under the sheet. And mm-hmm. uh, hilarity ensues. It's, it's just the <laughs> wildest thing. And I needed something crazy to happen. You yeah. know, I don't like him going under the, under the sheet and then having yet another epileptic fit. That's not cool. But I'm just like, I need I we needed something to happen. So it was really desperate that we needed this whole thing. By, by the but way, it's mom, another is, scene of him just writhing around and right. acting like a freak. And but I'm under like, a sheet this time, you know, but if I he's mean, a faker and if he's you know, if he if he was tricking everyone in York, what's that all about? Right. What's all I the- think he's just trying to reinforce in Billy's head that this is real. I think he's full of shit and he's he doesn't want Billy to move to Philadelphia. This is actually the scene, one of the scenes that is more closely tied to what really happened in that <clears throat> the the 
Donald Sutherland guy, the real guy, did see like a witch doctor, or a, uh, a lady who showed him and told him that what uh, that there was a guy who'd had a curse on him. There was a guy back in town. And <clears throat> so that's what happens when he sees the face of the guy in his hand and he like learns that information and she gives him the information of having to cut the lock of his hair and bury it underground. All that stuff is what happened to an extent. The the fit that they had, burying, putting him under the sheet, I don't know about those details, but there's some of those elements that that's why. But I just like the scene because it was like stuff was happening. Yeah. You know, we, 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 you know, explosions were happening on knives. I was like, yes, let's have some stuff happen. Let's get back into some cool stuff. Let's do it because we needed it. All right, let's do some final questions. Here's some final questions for Apprentice to Murder. So wait, they were going to move to Philadelphia at 16? Yeah. Uh, times were different, right? In 1920, I mean, 16 was like 30. <laughs> you were a full Life expectancy was about 45, yeah. so like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they already they were the only ones that had money. But and besides Dr. Reese. Imagine in that town though, like the young hunks, it's slim pickings. You know? Right. Right. That was my other question because I, were Mia Sarah and Chad Lowe kind of really in a way fated to be together because there's not a lot of teens in that town. Yeah. There's the only like other almost teen none. is the town snitch. <laughs> the town snitch is the only one. Yeah. And she's like between the, if there's a choice between the two, there's no choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's Chad Lowe yeah. all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And there were so <laughs> few options in town and probably Philadelphia too, that she was like, I guess I got to wait for five years till you get out of jail because there's just, there's yeah. just slim mm-hmm. pickings here. here. Nothing, nothing here. here. <laughs> we got nothing. So I guess I'll just. And I'm scraping the bottom, bottom of the barrel. And right. I got nothing. Here. I'm lucky I got a cutie patootie like Chad Lowe. Yeah. yeah. yeah or Billy Baldwin. There's no other Billy Baldwin. Well, Billy Baldwin's when around. he went to jail, then he was the bad boy. Right. <laughs> then he was robbed. You know. Got to live in Rob's shoes for five years. Mm-hmm. Now, was that dog really rabid or had he just gotten into a tube of toothpaste? <laughs> that little rascal, that little goofy rascal. I That was definitely just he was not he was not rabid. He a rabid dog. You you don't just pray over and it suddenly just licks your hand. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. Also, well, why would you have him lick your hand if he's rabid and you calmed him down? Who cares? Don't let him lick your hand. Gross. He's rabid. He put his hand on a dead girl's face. And then he put that hand on his face. I was like, yeah. you're going to get sick, bro. Like, yeah, dude. I, I understand you don't understand at that time period how this sure, works. Sure. But, but that is playing with the devil right there. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what do you think about the dog? Well, I, I'm, the, I'm the Chad Lowe in this situation. So I'm, I'm over there hiding behind the tree because that's what I was trained to do. When I saw a rabid dog, just hide, hide, climb a tree, get out of the way. So That's I'm, what they did They when they showed you like, here's what happens when you were under a rabid dog. They just showed you climb a tree, hide behind the tree, mm-hmm. run. Yeah. They just showed Take you different nap. slides. Find a slower Curl friend. up in a ball and fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. The dog will not see you as a threat. The only thing I was threat. successful at was falling mm-hmm. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into some research on the Apprentice to Murder. This was filmed under the working title, The Long Lost Friend, which makes sense. That's the mm-hmm. name of the book, the little book, with principal photography starting on September 15th, 1986 in Bergen, Norway. 
interesting. <clears throat> they shot the entire thing in Norway. The budget was $4 million, according to American Film Institute article that I read. But an article I read from, um, from the York Daily Record, which was from 1987, claimed it to be $6 million. So somewhere mm. in that range, let's say. One thing they both agree on, though, it, this was financed by entirely Norwegian money. This was fun, uh, totally funded by Norwegian investors, which is why they shot it in Norway. Interesting. Wow. But they brought in a lot of American actors because there's only one actor in the movie that is actually Norwegian. Actually, well, one main role. There's a couple mm-hmm. other side roles. that um, Sutherland himself, speaking of, was an 11th hour decision, according to producer Howard Grossman, because he commanded a very large fee despite what was going on in the 80s. So uh, so much so that they had to come up with an additional $750,000 wow. Oh, wow. to afford him. But the love European... Yeah, love, love that, that for him. him. The European investors, however, were very supportive, and they put up the money, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad they did. And it's the only way that he got in. I was like, does he ever do another New World? Not if you're asking that kind of money. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> You're not getting it, not even in the uh, post-Corman era. They're not paying a lot of, they're not paying guys a lot of money for these things. They're never going to get another settling role. This whole project starts with producer Howard Grossman. He grew up in in, um, Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, let's say, and first heard about what was called the Hex Murder when he was growing up in York County, which happened in Southern York County. That's where he grew up. So he uh, researched the trial interviewed people from around the area, see what they remembered throughout his college years. Then when he got out of college, he was supported by friends and family with $200,000 as he developed the story over the next six years. That was like, he kept developing. He wanted to make a movie out of this thing. He was obsessed with it. Seven different screenplays were written before finding a story that Grossman was happy with. And it was Grossman's wife who found the article saying that Norway was Norwegian. These Norwegian investors were looking to invest in movies. And she said, you should go to contact him. And he thought she was crazy, but he looked into it. He eventually goes to Norway. He gets the money for the movie. Um, Originally set for um, release in November 6, 1987. The premiere was instead moved to January 2nd, 1988 to coincide with the 60th anniversary of the murder, which happened on January 2nd, 1928. That is when hmm. Nelson Raymer, a powwow practitioner and a self-proclaimed witch, was murdered by another powwow practitioner named John Blymeyer, who had been told by a witch named Nellie Knoll that he had been cursed by Raymeyer and he had to take a lock of his hair and bury it eight feet underground and take his copy of A Long Lost Friend from him. Uh, Blymeyer convinced his friend John Curry, that was probably the Billy character, Yep. To help him along with another guy. So there was two there was two guys in the Yikes. actual murder. Wilbert Hess, whom Blamire had told his family was also cursed by this guy. So you gotta help me out. They broke into his farmhouse and they beat him to death and then oh. burned the body. Jeez. So um, but apparently not badly enough that there wasn't evidence because these guys were found, they were tried, and they did go to jail over all this. Now, let's see if this story sounds familiar. Grossman, Grossman was not happy with how New World handled the distribution. Hmm. That hmm. never seems to come up. But I found <laughs> this piece um, from the Capital Times in March of 1988 where Grossman had set up a screening in Madison, Wisconsin, because he wanted to prove to New World that the film should be shown to more, quote, upscale, educated filmgoers, end quote, 
and not the horror film crowd because he was horrified that New World was promoting the movie and opening it in the same B-movie theaters that they usually worked with. So he was trying to say, he's no, talking, no, no, no. He, he, it's, it's not that crowd. This is the right crowd. You got to go to this. He's talking about you, Eau Claire. That was, <laughs> that's that's right. Joke that's, for everybody out there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Just taking some cheese curds and uh, watching some horror films. Speaking of what New World was doing at the time, this this is like March. So at this point, he's competing with movies like Sister, Sister oh, and man. 18 oh. again. Ooh, well, I mean, he's in good company right there. Yeah. So they were like, we need. Well, I can't, how do they even this movie and Sister, Sister? How are you marketing those movies around the same time? These are yeah. two real tricky ones to try to market because yeah. they're this movie and Sister, Sister sort of like um, curfew are hard movies to market period. Yeah. Just it I would argue cur- curfew is easier because like you can try to sell it like just some sort of slasher kind of ho- horror home invasion kind of thing. Sister sister like what the I mean yeah. I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> you know and that's why they yeah. call it like a gothic horror film. That's mm-hmm. for that one. Or this one is like they have this picture of the bearded guy up in is it was it god or was it that murdered or was it you know they're just trying to make it seem like this really horrific terrible thing and it's yeah. it's like they're trying but that's not the movie. And I and I'm all for um Howard Grossman's problem with New World because it's not that kind of movie. But then I don't know how you do market this movie. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, it, you if you could if this was if he had waited and they'd released it in the 90s when like independent cinema was coming back, you could have sold this like a religious drama about this kind of offset of this Christianity, this powwow Christianity, and you kind of run hard with that element of it. Mm-hmm. They don't go hard with it. The powwow part is, I mean, it's certainly part of the movie. But they don't. They should have over overed on the powwow part. Correct. Of instead the of movie. under under. Instead of under under. Instead it. of under under. Nice. Because they under undered a lot of it. I yeah. I wonder if for some reason that they. I mean, I have no idea to back this up. I don't know for sure. I just want to believe that there is other scenes where they like did have more of it, but they cut more of it out to just. I don't know. Keep it shorter and mm. keep it to the murder i don't I, who knows who yeah. knows but i would love to i'd love to know if there is other if there's other stuff that was cut out of the mm-hmm. movie that would have made it would have filled in a little bit more of that but they just kind of wanted to keep it yeah, lighter maybe. and i don't know maybe. i mean we don't we don't know there's yeah there's not much on this the the even the blu-ray has a couple interviews with some cast members there's not there wasn't a lot to take from it mm. there was nice yeah. to see it was great to have those extras great to have any sort of context for this movie but not a lot there not a lot there. It's mm-hmm. in a, I don't think it did in crazy good for new world. So I'm not sure where the box office numbers were at the time, but it, you know, considering this is a movie that most people are going to be like, I've never heard of this. I don't think it did super well. But um, it had the names. Yeah. Like that's, it does. It and it again, to power. your point, to your point, Ryan, it has really great acting. Yeah. It just, the movie, it, there's just, it could th- this movie could have been done start to finish in about 17 minutes mm-hmm. had they just <laughs> cut out all the writhing around that Donald Sutherland, <laughs> Donald Sutherland does. We well, got to keep a little s- bit of that. It was a to... tough subject matter in hindsight. <laughs> I don't have that 
one loaded up right now. Oh, no. I, I oh, wait. Oh, no. It was a very tough subject matter to be a commercial film in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if um, – I don't think New World even released this on video. Mm. No, they did release it on Laserdisc. They did release it on Laserdisc. So they are making Probably some money flying back. flying off the shelves. But they're going to make back their – if they're you can't buying – off half cocktail. <laughs> if they're, they're buying up like a four to six million dollar movie and then marketing the movie for theaters, like you, you need to get your money back on video. So, and that's yeah. probably what they're thinking ultimately they'll do. And they'll try to squeeze, like, just try to, like, see if they can trick people that think it's a horror movie to mm-hmm. come in and see it. And then just put it out on video and Laserdisc. And, yeah. you know, that's that's how they're going to make their money. I don't know how exactly New World comes up, up, upon this movie. But I do know that if there's a company out there in the 80s, there, I mean, there's several others that would, would probably do this. But if there's a company looking around, like, oh, we'll release your movie. You've You've already paid for it. And made it. Oh yeah, we'll yeah we we'll put that out. Yeah, that would that was New World Pictures. Yeah, yeah. This feels like one that Trimark could have picked up too. Could have, could have. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think some of those movies that Mia Sarah did. You, you little were, apprentice to research. Yeah, where it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh oh, I hate to tell you, Mark. A lot of my research is me writhing around on the ground, mumbling to myself. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ugh, I don't think you're going to like this apprenticeship. And it will also end with you spending five years in prison. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't see that coming. Wow. And I'll go in for 20 years, but when I get back out, I'll get right back into that research. There's Resume no podcast. IMDb in prison. Right. <laughs> Please, can I just for five minutes? Can I? I just need to. No. Nope. Nope. No. That's what prison is. All right. That's it. That is Apprentice to Murder. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We still have one more December selection, and it is a. This is a real, it is a Christmas miracle. So you're going to want to hold on and listen to that one. Um, if you want to know all of our episodes, you want to listen to the other episodes we did in December, which we also did Hellgate and Warlock, the Armageddon. If you want to listen to those, go to our website, newworldpicturespodcast.com. You can also buy some brand new t-shirts just in time for the holiday season. So snatch up some of our t-shirts, our stickers. So you can still be talking about Night Zoo. (laughs) And we will see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody.